You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, can ghosts trap the sounds of the living, making it impossible for others to hear their screams or even their footsteps? That's the question we ask today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown, and quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. You can write it on our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you want to support our programming, keep it on the air. Become an extra podcast person, an EPP as we call them. You sign up to do that at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. When you do that, here's what you get. You don't just support the show, but you get yourself a bonus episode of the show every single week exclusively for EPPs, jam-packed with some of our best ghost stories in it. You also get access to more than 300 of those episodes in our archive. You get advanced episodes of the show with no commercials in. You get our ebook. You get our audiobook. So many great extras just for being a supporter of the program. Again, ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to do that and sign up and keep us on the air. Today on the program, it's uh, Tony and Harper. And I know it's not a weekend episode because uh, Harp usually hosts on Saturdays when we do our kid friendly version of the show. But uh, you guys will, will probably like this uh, for Harper's birthday here uh, during uh, COVID on the day of her birthday, which is the day today that we're recording this here on the 17th of uh, of august uh this will be airing i believe a little bit into september um she said uh she's been asking me for for weeks this isn't just a, for, a spur of the moment can we do this today thing she's been asking for weeks on on my birthday can we record an extra episode of the show can we make that a special thing that we can do on my birthday and of course the answer is yes so here she is today she's co-hosting uh, for one of her birthday things that she wants to do today. So welcome to the weekday. Welcome to the uh, the the week uh, of Real Ghost Stories Online. Thank you. I think eventually you'll probably be in the, the week uh, lineup uh, at some point when you're a little bit bigger. Maybe we can even um, do a different, well, another episode of the Kid Friendly 
Uh, at some point, maybe, but uh, I think as you get older, you'll uh, you'll be graduating from kid friendly to just normal ghost or real ghost stories online. Um, but we could maybe still do uh, the kid friendly, just keep that going. Yeah. And then eventually, I can uh, I have one of your kids co-host it uh, with me uh, many many years from now. Yep, that and will it, totally happen. <laughs> it probably will. It probably will. Well, happy birthday to you! About eight years ago, uh, at this very moment in time. You were uh, you were coming out and uh, holding my finger uh, and covered in goo, <laughs> and you looked over me and smiled, and uh, I just knew right then and there we got to get this kid trained to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am now, an eight year old eating ramen. Yep, yep, yeah, and, and her <laughs> her birthday lunch uh, of of all the things. And if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, you've seen what I can cook and and all of that. And obviously, we're not really going out to restaurants or anything right now. But I could cook her pretty much anything. And I know you you do love and appreciate my cooking, right? Yeah, I love her cooking. But she also right now recently discovered um, ramen. Uh, and she loves ramen. So her thing today for her birthday was in the morning, can we go drive through Starbucks? Can I have ramen for lunch? And what do you want for dinner? A Big Mac from McDonald's. <laughs> and and a pink McFlurry. So she's been, uh, it's kind of like her idea for her eighth birthday was do junk food all day. We don't normally do junk food all day, but it's her birthday. We thought, okay, we'll make it fun. We'll, you know, because we really, you can't get on and do a whole hell of a lot right now. So uh, if you do what we, can, what we can. Exactly. So I said, sure, let's, uh, let's do this. You did get a horse, though, this year. It wasn't on your birthday, but a horse did arrive about a month <laughs> or so ago. So, yeah, in a birthday true house. Yeah, it, that's coming. So you can't say you didn't really get anything. You, 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 you have had a pretty productive birthday year, although <laughs> COVID being uh, prominent, you have had a pretty good COVID year. Yeah. Getting a horse. So. Uh, let's continue into our ghost stories today on the episode. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, let's go over to our first uh, story. It says, when I was 14, my family moved into an older home. I think it was built in the 1940s. We knew that the previous owner had died, but knew nothing about the house or its history other than that. When we originally viewed the home, it was a rental. The previous owner's cars were still in the driveway, but the home was vacant. Immediately, there was something off about the house, but we moved in anyway. Also, there were a lot of odd things about the house. There was a library sort of off to the side of the house that was really creepy, and the light flickered in all of the time, but had a fairly deep closet in it that locks on the inside of the door. The light fixtures on the staircase were creepy, just in and by themselves. My bedroom door had deep dents in it around the door handle as if someone were hammering around the doorknob. One day I was hanging something up and had a hammer and thought, why not? So I hit the door fairly hard with a hammer, but it didn't make a dent, which means whoever was using the hammer originally was hitting it very hard. We had several paranormal experiences in the house, which changed me from a skeptic to a believer. The first real experience we had was one summer night it was around 11 p.m. and everyone in my family was in bed. The way the rooms were situated was there was a square type of hallway where all the doors, including the bathroom door, faced each other from different directions. My parents heard someone around my height leave the bathroom and walk past their room, heading towards the stairs. They called out to me thinking it was me, but no one answered. 
They thought it was strange, so they got out of bed and checked my room and found me in bed. The whole time they were up, they could hear someone walking down the stairs. They went downstairs afterward to check all the doors and windows and nothing was amiss. They were all shut and locked. One time I was doing homework late at night in the library, a type of room, and I still don't know what, but something spooked me. And I ran out of the room without saving my work or bothering to turn off the light. Just ran upstairs to my bedroom. Another time my mom and siblings were out of town, so it was just my dad and me at home. My dad works in construction, so he leaves the house early every morning, around 9. I woke up to him walking around the hallway. He was very distinct in his footsteps. I thought it was odd that he was home, but thought nothing more. When I got up, no one was home. So I went on with my day. My dad ended up coming home for lunch, and I asked him what he was doing earlier when he was home, and he said he had not been home since he left for work around 7. Another time, my dad brought some employees home to our house for lunch, and they were in the kitchen eating when they heard footsteps directly above them coming from my parents' room. One of the guys asked who was home, and my dad had shrugged it off and said it was the cat. And another guy pointed to our cat in the kitchen and said, That cat? No one else was home when this happened. We went on vacation a few times, and two times we left. Someone broke into my dad's tool trailers and stole around $12,000 worth of tools. So he set up security cameras around the property as a precaution. The monitor displaying the footage was in my parents' room and live. My mom and dad, one day, they were sitting on the bed watching TV and noticed something on the balcony behind on the monitor. She described it as dark and a shadow that was moving across the balcony towards her bedroom where she was sitting. I don't remember what she did, but it did not bother her and it didn't hurt her and she did not see anything else. But she was creeped out. Another time we were going on a road trip and left at 1 a.m. at my grandmother's insistence for some reason. And as we were loading the van to leave, the TV came on and the channels were rapidly changing, but no one was there touching the remote. My grandmother asked what was going on and we just shrugged. We didn't have an explanation for. There was a separate room at the back of the house that had its own entrance and you could only enter it by going outside. We used it as storage. We routinely heard loud banging and rummaging through that room, and my parents just said it was raccoons or other animals, but honestly, the sounds are way too loud to be an animal, and I don't know how an animal could get in there since the door was always shut. Whatever was there never did anything evil or bothered us significantly. So we just coexisted together until we moved after four years of living there. Since then, I've never experienced anything else paranormal ever since we moved around 2008. I have about two nightmares a year about that house, and my sister does as well. I generally do not have nightmares, just these that are about the house. The house was vacant after we moved out and torn down in 09 or 2010. Anyway, that's my ghost story. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great day. We've, we've heard a lot of stories like shadow people. Mm-hmm. Shadow people is yeah. what I meant. Yeah. And a lot of times... It, it just seems scary, mm-hmm. or it is scary. It does. It just causes fear, mm-hmm. but doesn't really do anything to you. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I guess the question that um, that comes up uh, then would be: Is it is the shadow person really to blame for being scary? Uh, or is it our perception of the shadow person that makes it scary? 
our mindset thinking because it's it's dark it's it's un, it's not really easily explainable it's something that really probably shouldn't be there is that our just human fear kicking in as it should in a fight or flight response because you're you're seeing something that's unidentifiable so our minds going is it a threat is it safe that's what that's what our minds are doing without even saying it to us and let's not forget that um, beginning part when they said the previous owner had died mm-hmm. and the cars were still in the driveway. Mm-hmm. So maybe that thing that had been there and they didn't know um, what happened to the previous owner. They just know that it had died. But what could it have been the cause of? The, de- the cause of the death? Yeah, I don't know what what's really weird about that house um, is the closet. Um, There's some details in that story that make you wonder about the previous owner or about some inhabitant of the house. The fact that that lock on that closet was locking from the inside of the closet, which is bizarre. Normal. I mean, that would that would signal to me that somebody installed a lock on the inside of a closet to keep somebody out, meaning they went in there to get safe, to stay safe from something or someone. Some, exactly. So that makes me wonder. And then there's all those hammer marks around the doors. If someone was trying to break into that closet, trying to break that that lockdown, trying to break that door down, but never had any success at it as exampled in the story where they said they decided just one day to take a, ch- a shot at the closet door because there's all those hammer marks there just to see like what happens if you hit this and they discovered it's pretty secure. It doesn't, it doesn't break easily. So it makes me wonder who was hiding in the closet and locking themselves in there and why. And so, yes, that, that does kind of lead to wondering, well, how did that owner die or, or, or how did, did someone die in that house? Or did or did the owner not die at all? And that's just what they think what had happened. That's another interesting thing. Uh, what I'm wondering is the fear that that person who was inside that closet as someone was hammering away at it. Fearing for their life that that hammer was going to eventually break that door down and break that lock. That trauma right there is something that could be residual in itself. Just the energy that's expelled in that fear that that could just live in that house without something conscious still haunting it. But it does make me wonder if there's something um, going on there with uh, with the death of the previous owner. Is he still there? Is he still exuding his negative energy around the house? Or is it the energy of somebody else that's just kind of going around that maybe, you know, tried to have peace there? It's hard to know because it doesn't seem that this really did anything super threatening to the the storyteller, but it still made them uncomfortable and something felt off as they described it. Yeah. And let's not forget those um, nightmares at the Mm -hmm. end. So could some of that fear from that thing that was haunting the house could have traveled with them well that's that's another if type thing there's a lot of things that could happen there if you experience trauma in your life um you know what trauma is yep something traumatic something dramatic it it, 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 and 
you know, it, it, it sticks with you. It changes you, you know, um, you know, an example in your life, um, you, to my knowledge, that I think one of probably the most traumatic things that, that you've gone through, it's a long-term one, is where suddenly school stopped last year with COVID. And it may not have, I mean, it seemed like a big deal, but it may not have seemed as big of a deal to you at the moment. But looking back, when you get older, you're going to go, that was kind of weird. That was a bump in the road for me. You know, you've been doing great with your classes online and everything, but it was certainly, it was a traumatic difference to your norm. So it, it wasn't something that could be much more horrible and traumatic. We won't go into anything like that or talk about anything like that, but it, it's that will, you'll look back on and the whole COVID era as that was kind of a traumatic era where so much changed so fast. And for such a long period of time. I miss school. I know that's kind of weird for a kid to say, but... No. I, you you liked school. I love school. Yeah. And and it, it's one of those things where once once some of that goes back, we can get to a normal situation. It, it'll, it'll go back to normal, but... It, it there's just so much that changed so quickly and that that in itself can be a trauma. It's been a trauma for all of us um, in different ways with so much changing. But that's an example of that where um, when that happens, it can stir things up. What's interesting about right now is that we're hearing um, I, I've thrown this question out there and I've talked to many paranormal investigators and they're saying that right now during all of this, as we're recording this in the middle of 2020, um, that there has been a dramatic uptick in paranormal activity all over the place at haunted locations and non places that may not have had so much haunted activity because of the nervous energy, because of this long drawn out trauma that we are going through collectively. Everyone's dealing with it and everyone has different things in it that, that have changed their life. You guys, your kid, you're being a child, your classmates, all that not going to school. That's one big thing that a lot of you guys are dealing with. For a lot of adults and parents, it's not going to work. It's working from home. It's trying to manage kids at home and work. It's trying to uh, not trying to make a living if you can't don't have a job uh, and not knowing what's going to happen. So there's so much energy that's that's it's negative. It's nervous. It's it's the uncertainty. It's all of that collectively as as we're all feeling that that some are believing is helping to fuel that uptick in in paranormal activity. Yeah, and also um we had have some recent um stories with like breakups. So that's that's another example. Mm-hmm. That can also be very traumatizing. Sure. Anything like that that's a, a dramatic quick change or event that that is very significant to an individual can be a trauma. And some are you know, some are a 10 on the scale, some are a one on the scale, but nonetheless, all have their impact of, of what they, they can do to folks. So uh, it makes you wonder if that's part of what's going on here in that story. Thank you for sharing that with us. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to the next one. It says, my story takes place in my apartment. I've lived there for close to 20 uh, in Downey, California, my apartment building isn't that old, but they were built in the 1960s. I never looked into the background of my particular apartment to see whether or not there were any deaths there. But for years, there's been some weird stuff going on. 
My kids are 20 and 22 now, and they've seen shadows and lights flickering, but they were never scared. To them, I think they just thought it was cool and moved on. For myself, it's different. My bedroom is at the front of the apartment. At the end of the hall is the bathroom and my son's room. I'm diabetic, so for years I always get up to use the restroom in the middle of the night without fail. It's just one of those things. However, every time I walk down the hall to the restroom, I look to my right into the living room and feel that someone is there looking at me. I've seen a shadow once or twice, but always disregarded as if it's due to me being sleepy or something. But on the way back, my heart is beating fast and my palms are sweaty. So about seven years ago, I was asleep and felt like I was nudged and woke up and saw a tall black shadow at the side of my bed right next to me. I closed my eyes and thought, holy crap. I prayed and thought, what the hell did I eat or drink to make me have this nightmare? But I knew it was there. I felt the coldness and felt the presence of the tall black shadow. So I continued to pray, and when I opened my eyes, it was not there anymore. I was really freaked out. One year after that incident, my daughter and I were laying down watching TV in my room, and the way that my bed was placed, you can see it in the hallway. From the corner of our eyes, we both saw a hand go over the light switch in the hallway as if they were going to turn off the light. I thought it was my dad, but I thought my dad left to run some errands. I didn't say a word to my daughter, but at the exact same time, we both yelled, no, don't turn it off, and laughed and said, jinx. But the hand moved away from the light switch as we were laughing. The front door opened and my dad walked into the apartment. We both jumped up and went into the living room and questioned him, and he had literally just walked in and had no idea what we were talking about. It was very scary because now I knew that my daughter was also witnessing this. After that, it was kind of quiet for some time until about two years ago. My husband does not like to keep the door to the closet open. He says that he has seen eyes in there before and always needs to have the door closed. So anyhow, one night I woke up and went to the restroom. And when I came back to my room, I saw a black shadow standing at the side of my bedpost and I jumped back. The best way to describe the shadow is that it looked like a girl from the movie The Ring. Long black hair over the front of her face and just standing there. I freaked the hell out and ran to turn the lights on. My husband tried to calm me down and just held me. I finally went to sleep, but when I woke up, I was in a sleep paralysis-like state. My ma- my eyes were open, but I felt something on top of me, and I could not move. I couldn't even scream. I was being held down. So my eyes are open and looking straight up into the darkness, and I can see the waves in the air, kind of like heat waves when it's super hot, but right over me. I tried with all my might to fight and get free for about two minutes, it seemed. I was finally able to be freed. And I ran into my kid's bedroom. They had bunk beds at the time. I was trying to wake them up, but still had no voice. My son turns and just tells me to please let him sleep. I got out of that room and finally my voice came back to me. I could not explain it. Now, the most recent event was a couple of months ago. Again, I fell into a sleep paralysis type of situation and could hear a voice say, I have the power over you. And in my mind, I'm yelling, he does not. I'm fighting to try to move, and from behind me, I literally looked back and saw a skinny shadow holding me down with one long arm, and with his right arm, he's swinging at me and hitting me. Although I did not feel anything, I knew he was trying to control me. I, in my mind, kept yelling and screaming and saying that it does not have control, and it finally disappeared. I got up and ran to the living room where my parents were sleeping, since they were visiting from out of town. My father quickly woke up and asked what was wrong, and I was completely out of breath and felt a huge wave of emotions. I could not stop crying because I knew what I saw. I still can remember it so vividly. 
My mother the next day gave me some holy water and some oils to place on my neck for protection. I've not had anything else happen since then. But I feel like this is more than just sleep paralysis at this point. I think there's an entity in my home that's drawn to attacking me, but physically has not hurt me, thank goodness. So that's the story of my apartment that I've lived in for almost 20 years, thinking maybe it's time to move. Thanks for taking the time to read my story. Congrats on doing such a great job. Love the podcast. Okay. That's kind of scary to have that woman from the ring with the long, dark hair. Yeah. You know something's bad. Well, here's the thing when it comes to something like that. The the ring, obviously, it's a scary image of the long, dark-haired girl. But prior to the ring... And a lot of people putting that image into their psyche as being something that's scary. Um, I don't think a lot of people were necessarily reporting that image of of that girl. What makes me wonder is, did the thing that was there to torment, or does the thing that's there to torment, know that that imagery would be found to be frightening by that woman. So that's the image it takes on. Just like if that woman was afraid of Ronald McDonald, specifically Ronald McDonald, would it take on the image of Ronald McDonald if it knew that that image would incite the most fear? If that woman, if it knew that that woman was deathly afraid of dogs, would it take on the image of a scary looking dog? Does it just make it, meaning it's not, a ghost girl that's looking like that. It's something. It's a demon. But yeah, but it's able to morph into whatever its its prey is going to find most fearsome. If it was a scary old school teacher, it would be that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I and I and I know we had a a story similar to this. Mm-hmm. Like that little boy that well, the demon that took on the image of a little boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is, is sometimes I think these things morph into the image of whatever is going to scare you most. It just it preys on your fear and and that's what it does. It's not. And, and sometimes it uses that same ability to as that story the other week uh, that we talked about of the little boy. Um, sometimes it uses that ability to gain trust because you think, oh, innocent child, I, I need to help. And then once it's gained the trust, then it adds into its other fear mongering nightmares. And yeah. Yeah. I I wonder if that's what's going on in that specific story. Let's not also forget that skinny shadow that was hitting um, her. Hiding or hitting her. Yeah. Hitting. Hitting. Yeah. I mean, when you have something that's that's getting physically. Yeah. you, You wonder what exactly is this? My... Gut tells me that when something is is able to morph its form, it probably isn't the spirit of a of a human. It's probably it, a demon. I, I don't I don't know if that or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. There, there's a there's a whole family tree of of darkness, and it's not all demons. Sometimes demons and angels, and then sometimes, humans. Sometimes it's 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 a collective energy of negativity that that can sometimes 
gain its own consciousness. It's called elemental type energies. And sometimes that can be positive and sometimes that can be negative. Not necessarily demon, but like the cousin of a demon. <laughs> and not necessarily angel, but maybe the cousin of an angel. It's more so like the collective will and energy of many things put together that sometimes seems to somehow take on its own consciousness. Almost in the same way that you can look at plants. Plants don't have a brain. But plants know where to turn for the sun. Plants that are viney know where to take their vines and where to, to move them. Plants that are rooted together in the ground, their roots can communicate to each other. And plants that are right next to each other can help each other grow by giving signals to each other on best practices, essentially, for how to live and how to thrive. There's no brain there. But it's this collective energy that the plants have that we don't know how they're working. We don't know how they're doing it, but they are communicating. And the energy that they have is somehow doing this. And that's that's when we talk about elemental type stuff, almost in the same way like plants are. They're, they're, they're not demons. There's not angels that are telling the plants to do this, but it's some sort of energy that that does seem to have there's some type of consciousness going on there that's beyond what we understand. It's not a brain, but there's something that's that they know that they're able to do well just for what their survival that that we don't completely get. And I think that that plays into energy as well. It's 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 it gets deep and weird and strange and confusing. And, you know, it's all theories, but it's all part of what we're talking about. Okay, let's go to our next caller. Hi, you are on the Hi, air. Hi, Tony and everybody. Uh, my name is Lisa, and I'm calling from Rancho Cucamonga, California. And I want to thank you for doing your show. I think it's so interesting to hear everybody's stories. And I've been listening for about six months now. I think I've heard most of your stories. Um, you guys are so funny, too. Thanks. Um so I have a story that I don't necessarily call it a ghost story, but more like a supernatural story. So when I was about 13, my Nana and I did a doodle art picture together. Remember doodle art? It was a black and white picture. And then you take the colorful markers and you color it in and it's a beautiful picture. Well, ours was of a log cabin with a water wheel and a brook and beautiful flowers and trees and sky. Anyway, um, afterwards, my, my Nana passed away about two years after we did that. And I always kept it because it was so special to me that we did that. We were really close. And about 15 years later, I was walking past a do-it-yourself framing store. And the picture on display reminded me of my Nana's picture. So I thought, hey, I'm going to frame that picture and hang it up. So I went to one of their classes and I was doing the frame for the picture and they were playing the radio while we were all doing this. And all of a sudden my Nana's favorite song came on the radio. And it was a song that I never heard ever before on the radio. It wasn't a popular 
song, but it was called The Spy Who Loved Me. And my Nana used to play that song and say that it reminded her of my gramps. So this song came on the radio and my eyes got all big and I had this big smile and I'm looking around and I wanted so badly to tell everybody, oh my gosh, this is my Nana's favorite song and this is her picture that she did. And I was so exciting, but I didn't say anything to anybody. I just kept it to myself because I didn't want anybody to think I was crazy. Um, but I just knew without a doubt that my Nana was letting me know that she was happy that I was framing our picture. And I love to tell people this story. Everyone loves to hear about it. And to this day, I still have our picture hanging up on my wall in my house. And I hope your listeners enjoy this story. And maybe someone else has had a similar um, experience. So thank you for letting me share this. And I look forward to more of your ghost stories. Thank you so much for doing that. All right. Bye. That's kind of like a coincidence. It is a coincidence, but it's one of those things where it's it's like too coincidental to just be a coincidence. I have a lot of those things happen. Yeah. Can you make any examples of them right now? On the spot, when I say, you say that, like, tell me, what are they? You're going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> this house. Okay, what about this house? How we found this house. Oh, okay. Well, well, well tell me how you view that. Well, we were just driving down some roads, and you found big white house. Wanted to go down that area. We found road, went down it. Mm -hmm. Boom, this house, and it was our dream house. Mm-hmm. And it went on the market that day. Yeah. So. Well, what's the biggest coincidence, though? Or what, what was the biggest sign that you would say occurred to us that day when we came and took a look at the house? Because we all, because um, you and mom went to take pictures and that big house would be a good picture for the show. So, well, it wasn't a picture shot thing that made us fall in love with the house. I mean, we, we did, you know, honestly, within a few moments of walking into this house, mom gave me a look of like, this is the house. And I kind of felt that way, too. But I didn't want to, like, give in because I'd only been in the house for like a minute. And I wanted to walk around a little bit before I really kind of just said, yeah, this is it. But I was really feeling it, too. The biggest thing that that was a weird coincidence for us Oh wait, the dog. Yes. The dog. The the dog that looks like mom's um childhood dog. Yes. That was her favorite Oreo. Yep. So Yeah, so we, we went through the whole house and we absolutely loved the house and we were pretty much already set. Um I think I'd said to the realtor, um, let's get an offer into these guys immediately. Um, because I, I I'm pretty confident this is the house that we want. And I love my room. And as we were saying that, then there's this dog, this border collie that starts walking over kind of timidly, kind of looking at us and then stopped and then came all, all the way over. And mom shared this story on the air before. And this 
border collie looks exactly like the border collie that that Jen had when she was a kid. And she lived out in the country too with this dog. And she's always wanted to go back to the country and and have some space and some property. It's it's been her dream since, you know, since that time. And then this dog comes running up and it just it just goes right to her. And I thought she was gonna cry because it was it was just amazing how much it was just like you couldn't it was beyond coincidence. It was just and then I we were wondering, is this a ghost dog? Like is whose dog is this? It turns out it's the neighbor's dog. But this dog to this day comes over. Yesterday I walked outside and she was sitting by the outdoor fireplace, just hi, pet me. Just wanted to say hi. She comes up to the door and, and knocks on the door for you to play. Um, she'll like scratch at it like a harbor home, and then you come out. And that that to us was just like a you know, it's like kind of a meant to be thing. Yeah. And I think after we bought the house and we met the previous owners and we asked who that dog was, I was waiting for them to say, what border collie? <laughs> I, I was too. <laughs> I was totally wondering that we were going to get here. And it's like, oh, no, that is a border collie, but it died like seven years ago or you know, something like that. And like no way and you know or there's never been a border collie here or something like that and i don't know i mean if 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 you believe in reincarnation or anything like that and and you have a pet and i mean i've always i've looked at my cats and i've always kind of thought i wonder if this is kitty that's come back because i've had some cats that have a very same similar temperament to my first cat um just super loving and and i've always kind of wondered that um I, I do certainly wonder that with this dog, if this dog is the reincarnation of of Jen's dog, because it looks identical, it just gives you this look, this this knowing look, and, and maybe it's me reading too much into it, maybe it's us reading too much into it, but it's one of those things where you go, yeah, this is just it, too many coincidences at uh, at one time. And it, this dog gives me this like. Look, that Sting doesn't even give me. <laughs> Our own dog. <laughs> Our dog. Our dog. What's the look? I can see your soul. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like a dead stare. <laughs> like a scary dead stare or like a I love you stare? It's like a, a, a lot. It's like I love you dead stare, but it's like, okay. I might eat you in your sleep. <laughs> I don't think so. That is going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, become an extra podcast person. An EPP, sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to help keep us on the air and get all those bonus uh, pieces of content to, uh, to binge away on. Until next time, for all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening.